Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Let's pray. Father, we're grateful unto you. We thank you because your word is true. Your word is powerful. Your word is always a blessing to us. As we delve into your word, may your name be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, say a big amen. Matthew chapter 10, verse 19 and 20. Jesus is speaking to them. He's telling them that, but when they deliver you up, take no thought how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given to you in that same hour what ye shall speak. 20. For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. So I'll be speaking to you about sacrifices of a father. Part one. Praise the Lord. Who is a father? What is a father? The Bible generally reveals to us that a father is a source. God is the perfect father. And he is the source of life. He is the father of all spirits as well. So a father is a source. That means we hail from the Father. When Jesus said, I am the vine and you are the branches, he was alluding to the fact that he, being God, is our source. And we are the branches and we feed off from the source to have life. So you will agree with me that once anything disconnects from his source, it starts dying. So source is important and the Father is very important. God has given fathering an important place in life. And so you will find out that throughout the journey of Jesus Christ, and Jesus is always the perfect picture, the, the, the best picture you can ever reveal, any part and through. So throughout the journey of Jesus, he being God, he came on earth and was born as a human being. So when the Bible talks about the fact that Jesus is a son of God, the Bible is not talking about the fact that God has given birth to a son. Jesus, the son of God, is a, a caption used to reveal the fact that God appeared in the flesh amongst men. Praise the Lord. Not that God has given birth. <laughs> God appeared in the flesh. The same way we have God the spirit. So... He appeared on earth as a spirit. So Jesus came here, or God came here into the earth realm as a human being in the form and shape and nature of Jesus. And you will find out throughout the whole scriptures that the most important issue with the mother of Jesus is the fact that she was a container that got the Godhead 
chose to bring forth Jesus, born by a woman, born under the law, born under sin. Apart from that, there is nothing special said about the mother of Jesus or the role that the mother of Jesus played in his life, except for Beth and the fact that she was a Virgin Mary, God favored her and made her to conceive Jesus. So even when Jesus was growing and Mary wanted to make one or two steps, Jesus stopped her right there and said, woman, behave yourself. Now, throughout the whole journey of Jesus Christ, you saw him always connecting his functionality to his father. So, by what I have said, I'm not saying that mothers are not important. I'm just telling you that the pattern of Jesus Christ did not lay much value beyond the birth or his birth to his mother, um, you know, into other things. Now, everyone has their place. Mothers are, you know, mothers have done well and they have taken a certain position because a child's first love is the mother. Biologically. Not by any kind of functionality. But the fact that through the lactating period and all of that, there is that biological connection by virtue of birth. And a mother's last love is a child that she gives birth to. I think the first love is the husband. I mean, if we hold God constant. And then the last love is a kid. So naturally, children have a particular connection with their mothers. And that mothers by that connection, sacrifice a lot to raise children, lay down their lives for the children, because naturally there is a lot of connection there. And mothers have done well over the generations. Praise the Lord. So you see that mostly on Mother's Day, we talk about celebrating mothers. We really don't talk about how to mother, but we talk about celebrating mothers because naturally we assume that Mothers have done well for us. And truly, they have done well. Praise the Lord. We talk about fathering mostly on Father's Day because um, without that strong connection compared to that the mother has with a child, a father has to do more to enter into the life of a child. <laughs> a father has to do more much more to enter into the space of a child, into the heart of a child, to the life of a child. So the first early part of the child's life, through birth, looks like it belongs to the woman. But Jesus begins to talk about his function on the face of the earth, how he's growing, how he's functioning, how he's doing the ministry, his guidance, his comfort, his example, and all of that, none of that points to the mother. Every one of them points to the father. Even on the day of his crucifixion, he was still talking about his father. 
So you hear Jesus talk about the fact that what I hear my father say is what I say. What my father shows me is what I, I, I reveal. What I see my father do is what I do. I can do nothing except what my father tells me. My meat is to do the will of my, my father, the God. That's, you see that? Like his functionality, his journey on earth is more driven by his father. So fatherhood is not just a status. Fatherhood is most importantly a function. Is what? A function. So someone can give birth to a child and never be the functional father to that child. And biology does not make you a father because goats give birth. Dogs give birth. There are people who have not biologically given birth but they are fathers to a lot of people. Because fathering is not just a position. It's not just a status. It's a function. It's a very practical thing we do in life. And so, sometimes you ask somebody, how many children have you got? They say, I have seven, ten. How many have you fathered? They have fathered none. They are just a baby-making machine, which in a short while is going to happen, where machines will be giving birth. So, you, you, you realize that you, if you are just giving birth, you become nothing. And indeed, in the modern day, Women are having children without having to sleep with men. So gradually, the position of you bragging and boasting that if I'm not there, you cannot have a child. It's going to be eliminated. There's IVF there. And people don't need the sperms of a husband to get that child. There's surrogacy there. Hello. So you fathers (laughs) or men who want to be fathers would have to come to the playground. That's what I want to share now. The father is not a father until that father has a sacrifice mentality. So please let it be at the back of your mind that the functionality of children depends mostly on their fathering. Like Jesus, every step of the way was guided by his father. Whom he looked up to. So in this Matthew chapter 10, we are learning about something. Jesus telling them about what will befall them when he is gone. Persecutions and all of the, we handed over to governors and all of that. And he said, but when you go before them, don't think about what you to say. Because what to say will be given to you. It is in the place of fathers to calm down their children sons and daughters. It is fathers who give self-esteem to children, confidence in life to children. They give vision to children. They give, they give everything that a child needs to operate in a hostile environment. It's fathers who give that to the child. And what they give to the child is what I want to point out to you. In verse 20, Jesus is saying that You'll be given what you shall speak in 19, but 20 say, For it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father which speaketh in you. So every child that is to function well must have the spirit of their father operating in them. 
speaking in them. Especially in a troubling time like this. You need the spirit of your father operating in you. Speaking through you. Speaking in your head. Praise the Lord. Father is a spirit that's imparted into children. So you see that some people have someone in their head speaking. And sometimes when they are real father or a proper balanced functional father is absent, another father takes over. And that spirit will continue to drive them until whatever will happen will happen. Because fathering is an impartation of spirit. Is what? He said, the spirit of the father shall make you speak. That is what will speak inside of you. So, there is something called the spirit of your father. The spirit of what? That spirit operates in you. That spirit is a covering. It is not taught. It is caught. It is what? It is what? It is caught. You catch it. You catch the spirit. So when a father is wrong, the children will catch a wrong spirit. And when the father is right, the children will catch the right spirit. Fathers, here, lift your hand. Say from today, I declare that I possess a right spirit. In Jesus' mighty name. Okay, women, join us. Join us because fathering is not only the preserve of men. All right? Say, Father, today, say in the name of Jesus, I declare right now that as I sit in the position of a father and function as a father, I possess a right spirit and I'm going to impart a right spirit. Can we clap our hands and bless the Lord? So, number one, fathering is what? It's an impartation of a spirit. The spirit of your father who speaks. So when you speak, we should know who your father is. That's why at some point in time when the disciples wanted to call down fire on people, Jesus said, you don't know the spirit that you are of. Your, your father's spirit will always show around you. Always. When you appear, we'll know who your father is. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Am I taking my time? Should I take my time? I should take my time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. John <laughs> chapter number 5, verse 17. Laying a foundation. But Jesus answered them, My father worked hitherto, and I work. Let's read verse 26. For as the father has life in himself, so has he given to the son... To have life in himself. Next verse 27. And has given him authority to execute judgment also. Because he is a son of man. So in that verse 26. We are learning that the father imparts the life he has into the life of the son. Or the life of the kids. As the father has life, so has he given life also to the son or to the kids. So the life of the father is given to the children. Are we on the same page? 
Fathers give life to children. And the kind of spirit you have will determine the kind of life you give to your children. So, there are children who are lifeless. Because their fathers are lifeless. Either they are not there, or they are physically there and spiritually absent. And so, the children, you can see that they are a shadow of what they can be. Same children in the hands of another man or woman who fathers them will become superstars. So, a father gives life. And you don't just give life because you are physically present. You can be physically there and never there. And some fathers can be transnational fathers. Yeah, yeah. They can be abroad and they are more with the children than the ones who are physically on ground. Some virtual fathers have more proximity than some physical fathers. So a father gives life. Jesus is talking about the kind of life he has. He comes from the father. And that's what's making him to operate. It's a divine life. Some are economic life. You see that some people, they say, Alright? So sometimes a father gives inheritance to his children, children's children, and all of that. So for children... 80 or 85% of people who just do well because their father gave them life. Maybe life in business, life in education, life in health. Hello. Life. Say life. Am I preaching already? So, sometimes some people don't feel like they are alive when they don't have a connection with a father figure. It's, it's the foundation of the head of many people. So, today I'm not talking about the head and part. I'm talking about how to function. Understanding how you should function. And if you are here, you have a child with someone, and you did a runaway. It's not too late. You just have to show up. Let them give you all the damages. You will show. They won't kill you. It is just damages they will give you. But all, by all means, get into the life of the child and give life to that child. Is that correct? Is that a good point to clap? It's a year of return. <laughs> Returning fathers, just return. Yeah. Sometimes there are fathers here that in you chop some, somebody chops some, and the lady is confused. It's like a hybrid baby has been born. And we really don't know who the father is. To clear your conscience and to give life. Go and do some DNA test. And be sure that the pathology is not yours. It's a mystery. I'm not in a hurry to preach this message. I'm not at all. I'm just taking my time. I mean, you find out that for many people, until they entered church, they were lifeless. And when people are lifeless or they lack the life that their father gives, sometimes it's difficult to control them. Or it's difficult for them to control themselves. It's difficult for them to coordinate. That's why a mother can be a father. 
to a child and a mother at the same time. So, I just want to concentrate on the male figure being a father because I've already spoken about fathering being a functionality. And if we are born men, one of the things God requires of us is to give life to children. How children will love, how children will relate, how children will uh, churn out in, in life, in society, is basically built on the platform of the kind of life a father gives to them. In the verse number 17 of John chapter 5, we see another scripture. Jesus answered them, My father worketh hitherto, and I work. So, a child will copy exactly what he or she sees the father do. And it is difficult to see a lazy, idle man or woman who has a hard-working father. Because children will work when they see their father working. Children will beat when they, they see their father beating. Children will live when they see their father living. They work when they see you work. Whatever you work, they work it out. Are you here? And mostly children will double the effort of their fathers. It's a latter glory. It's greater than the former. It's greater works. Greater works than this you will do. So if you're a father and you beat a woman, you are just working out a beating ability in a child, whether it's a boy or a girl, is going to beat at some point in time. And the mystery is that children normally hate the negatives that their fathers do from the beginning. But when they grow up, they can't save themselves from it. A son hates the fact that the, mom, the dad beat the mom and vows that it's not correct. It shouldn't happen. But when they grow up, they do more. They say, Daddy, I'm working it out. <laughs> dad, I'm working it out. <laughs> a son sees the mom and dad in altercation all the time. It's a spirit. Quarrel is a spirit. And that spirit will be transferred to the child. Child will become quarrelsome. But no child is born quarrelsome. No child is born aggressive. The aggression has to be picked from an atmosphere. Hello. So, Jesus said, my father is working. Hitherto, I have no choice than to work. So, that's why in the Bible, you normally will see a pattern of family business among the Jews. That if a man was a carpenter, it's likely that the child will be a carpenter. If they were farmers, likely that children will be farmers. You, are you here? Jacob's children tend animals. When they got to Egypt, Pharaoh said, give us five or so of them to take care of our animals for us. It was a business handed over to them. 
Abraham's children. So, children work the works that they see their fathers do. So, a father is an example to a child or to children. That is the functionality of a father. That consciously or unconsciously, you are working out something in a child. And that child will manifest it with time. So my father is at work. He's working. In fact, if you read John chapter, I think chapter 12, he said that there are 12 hours in a day, 12 hours in the night. He said, my father worketh in the day, 12 hours. So I must also work whilst it is day. It's beautiful. So fathers are very important in the lives of children. In fact, the whole world has been shaped by fathers. Because the functionality of individuals growing depends on the workings of fathers. It's beautiful. Whether you fulfill vision, mission, ministry, your mandate here on earth, the, the role of a father cannot be eliminated from that kind of equation. Praise the Lord. So, and fathering is a process. Is what? It's a process. So, a father must sacrifice and children must see your sacrifice. So, when you are absent, what do kids see? They see a vacuum created, right? They see idleness. And all of that too is a picture of work. That's why some people have grown, their picture of work is to sleep. Or to feed off women. Because the mother is supposed to be caring for the kids. The father is supposed to be providing for the kids. Working to provide. So when there is no father figure, they don't see work. All they see is care. So the guy grows and wants to marry a woman who will take care of him. He's a gold digger. He's an opportunist. He grows and he has not seen working. You have to trace it. Hey, I don't know if I'm saying something here, but well, I'm still going on and on and on. God have mercy. That's right. You see, <laughs> boy, oh boy. Hey, may your head be delivered in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Fathers have to be present. So, it's a spirit. Sometimes the mistake is that a father can be there, can be doing all the physical things, the work that a father, the hard work that a father has to do in the market to provide for children but doesn't transfer the spirit. So you can see that there is a disconnection between the provision and the impartation. So there are fathers living with children and they are the kids mom and they are not fathering. They are providing but they are not fathering. They are not ministering to the spirit of the kids. So the kids grow and they know that father will buy A, B, C, D for me. But the, the emotional space 
the spiritual space is very dry. So some fathers go to work in the morning. Children go to school. They come in the evening. Children are asleep. Then there is no time where we sit together at the hall and we play and we talk. And even when you are lying on the bed and they come in, they free Oh, my dream. So, so it's like you really, you see, human beings say, eh, we are more relational than professional. I should say it again. Human beings are more into relationships than into technicalities. So you can have great professionals. It's a great corporate person but has a very poor emotional life. Poor relational life. Can relate with workers. It's a good team leader. But when it comes to that aspect of family life, they are totally disconnected. So they saw their father working, 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 working and putting food on the table, but there was no connection to build that aspect, that spiritual aspect of making them function like human beings. So people grow up to become professional, but they are not relational. But the originality of human beings is that we are more relational than what professional. So we should develop both sides. And fathers are at the center of this kind of development. Praise the Lord. That's why sometimes you see that uh, some fathers don't have a lot of provision. But they have, you can see that the family is very, very nice. The bonding is there. The love is there. The connection is there. The children are, they look well behaved. Praise the Lord. And they are very content to belong to that family. And when you see them, you see their intelligence, you see their respect, you see that they are prim and proper, trained. Praise the Lord. Come on now, praise the Lord. Receive the spirit of a father today in Jesus' name. In Mark chapter 9, I want us to see a practicality of how a father should function. Mark chapter 9. In verse 17, Mark 9, 17. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which has a dumb spirit. And wheresoever, wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. Praise the Lord. 20. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straight away, the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed for me. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. And oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him that would believe it. And straight away the father of the child cried out 
and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou my unbelief. And Jesus saw that the people came running together. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried out and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead in so much that many said he's dead. So, I mean, eventually the boy was delivered and then it was handed over to the father. Praise the Lord. The reason why I've read the scripture is to show you the sacrifices a father has to make for his children. Praise the Lord. First of all, you have to understand that a man has to be a man, then will become a husband, that's the next level, then will become a father. Is that not a progression? Here we see a man whose child is sick, possibly from the, the place of birth, but he said since he was a kid. So this is a man who has the history of a child. And if he has a history of a child, it simply means that he was there. He was what? He was there. He was present. And of course, you could see that he was even giving an account of how the demon has taught this child. The sickness has tormented this child. He's put the child in fire. He's put the child in water. Sometimes the child foams. Sometimes the child, I mean, behaves like an epileptic and will cast the child to the ground. He just had a vivid explanation of what the child was going through. A father must understand the internal workings of a child. The situational conditions of a child at every time. You should know the phases your child is going through. Sometimes a mother will bring a child to me and say that there's a demon in my child. And I will look at the child and I will ask the mother, how old is your child? He says he's four. So it's adventure. There's no demon. At that age, they will dare you and they will be jumping everywhere on the, on the seat. They can't just stand. They have to jump. And they will dare you. You say, come, child, I won't come. You think, hey, what has entered my child? It's normal. Tell somebody, it's normal. A father must understand that. If you don't understand that, you'll be screaming, shouting, beating the child when the child is just being their normal self. And the stop it, you say it with venom. Sometimes you just have to jump with a child. Understand where the child is. This man was bouncing with this child everywhere. Bouncing. <laughs> Took the child to the disciples. It didn't work. So I suppose that not mothers take children to hospital. Fathers must also do so. Stop saying that I'm going to work. Taking care of children is part of work. You are going to work to get the money. To feed who? A wasted child. 
a child who will not even appreciate the value of the money you have earned and put food on the table because you were never there. You have to be there. My brother that I follow after, my father used to tell him, because he holds clutches, he was given an injection and then he bled and then one of the legs became some way. You know, immunization, keke. Some nurses can be something else. So, <laughs> my father then, they were in Cape Coast. I was not born yet. But my father used to just take him to Nsao from time to time. So my father always used to remind him that when I was taking you to Nsao, where were you? I used to carry you at my back and take you to Nsao. So that my brother, we, he doesn't really connect or do nice things with many people. But when it comes to my father, it's a different ball game. Because whether he knows so or he doesn't know, there is a recorder in everyone. What someone has done. That's why if your father here and a woman is blocking you from seeing a child, just keep doing your best and keep showing up. Because the recorder is there. It's a spirit somebody will catch. Praise the Lord. If you're a mother here and you're angry with her father, eh, that the relationship between you and a man didn't work. It's between you and the man. It's not between you and the child. Or between the man and the child. Except the man is a very bad influence on anything. Then you find a way to manage that so that he doesn't carry a bad spirit into the child. But if it's just the relationship between you and him, that didn't work. Charlie, look at somebody say, allow. Because you don't need the man to develop. But the child needs the father to develop. And you can raise a deficient child because you have an issue with a man. And the child is innocent and will always be innocent. So a time will come when we will realize that the father was not the problem. The mother was rather the problem. Because he never gave opportunity for the child to assess and harness those resources in a father. Are you here, please? I'm just taking my time. Because Father's Day, we don't shout. Women have not even shouted the day on social media. So we are, it's, it's, you don't shout. It's a law. It's an abomination to shout on Father's Day. No shouting. Wow. So this man was there carrying the child everywhere. That's a sacrifice a father has to make. I remember when my wife started conceiving, um, um, I mean becoming pregnant, she used to go for antenatal and I would go for counseling. Because I have a long um, <laughs> queue of people waiting for me. I go in the morning. I don't come. I come late afternoon or in the evening, early evening. So at some point in time, they brought now some something, unwritten rule <laughs> in the hospital. She realized that even though we had a lot of protocol in the hospital, I'll call this one, that one, that one. When she goes, she still keeps a, lot, a long time there. So she came and one day told me that 
They said the reason why they don't jump here is because there is an unwritten rule there that pregnant women who come with their wives to antenatal, they attend to them first. Wait, pregnant women who come with their husbands, right? To antenatal, they attend to them first. Charlie, there are laws somewhere. Charlie, your husband will go to antenatal with you in Jesus' name. Hey! Antenatal is once a while. So on that day, <laughs> when she'll be going for antenatal, and after a while, she said that, I'm not stopping your ministry <coughs> and your counseling, but today go with me. I don't want to keep long. Ah, initially, street boy like me. What is it? What is it? You see, every, every woman that the husband goes. So I started going with her. And I'm bow. Charlie, you go with her now without calling any protocol person there. It's like they separate them who came with husbands from those who didn't come. They will just be pointing. Uh-huh, you, come. Uh-huh, is that your husband? Yes, you, come. Like that. You have to start a sacrifice even before the delivery of a child. Praise the Lord. So go, go to the hospital. Praise the Lord. So I started learning from there. And uh, well, I didn't see my dad go to hospital with me. because <laughs> Possibly because I never got sick. I mean, to the best of my knowledge, or the sickness didn't warrant hospital. You understand? So, when our kids started growing, sometimes when kids will be sick, when they are unwell, I will take them. I remember one time Shekinah was unwell, I took her to every hospital. Recently, the second one was having some infection in the ear. I asked one of the ladies to take him. They went. The thing didn't work well. So the next time, I went with the lady and I took over from there. Like, it would disturb your shadow. But it's just important that you impart that spirit by having that sacrifice. Sacrifice. So when I come and sit with you, it's as important as the emergency you have. But the opportunity cost is that I'm raising a monster in a child, in a future. Because I will always sit with people, but children will not always be sick. And so in those occasions where we have to show up, whether it's PTA, whether it's open book, open day, whether it's <laughs> AU day, Whatever day, career day, sometimes you just have to what? Show up. It may not be all the time, but it should be part of your mindset that I have to be part of my children's what? Lives. (laughs) 
when my kids go to school and there is something they have forgotten, they'll go to the administration and say, call our daddy. They know I'm busy, but they know I'll show up. If I can't, their mother will show up. And mostly it's my number that's in the school. <laughs> like, call me first. And my email, my wife doesn't look at the email often. I see every email. I see every WhatsApp. I will return every call. Hello? And they will call and they will share their ideas. If something has to do with books, blah, blah, they, they won't go to their mother first. Come, can you buy? Sometimes when I set off from the house and they say, can we go to that bookshop? They didn't tell me before. <laughs> but we have to go. If I can't, I will explain to them and go and drop them. Hello? A father must sacrifice. Must be part of a child's life. This man is carrying this sick child everywhere. Praise the Lord. Are you there or you are missing in action as a father? Your functionality is you. Not just giving money and provision. And if I don't say this, you will think that you are a father because you provide food. I grew up in a community where my father was not the provider of my food, my dressing, my shelter at all times. I've had a greater portion of my life growing and shaping up. I lived my life outside the shelter of my dad. Some other people fathered me. Are you here? So, your power is not only there. And this is a, an economic-driven generation. A work-oriented generation. Everyone wakes up, wants to go to work. Children are dropped by carers at school. Uber takes kids to school. Driver picks kids from school. So there's a certain comfort in life that makes you also disconnect with your children. Like you should be mindful of it. And when you have all these resources at your disposal, after a while, the child will not connect with the car that picked him from school. He wants to connect with a human being. So once in a while, the Land Cruiser, the Range Rover that drops them in school, really doesn't matter. It's a connection. Or who drops them, that matters. Hello. When I'm going to school with the kids, once we leave the gate, we start praying. So if I forget, they will remind me that that we have to pray. And we'll start praying. So I'll bring one prayer topic. I'll bring another prayer topic. Our first child will be 12 um, in August. Second child is already nine. Nine in, um, in May. The third one will be six in October. So these three, I mean, I've been praying in the car with them. It's about five-minute drive to school. So we'll be praying, we'll be praying, and everybody is serious praying in the car. Are you here? It's part of the impartation of the spirit. It's part of the sacrifice. This man took the son to Jesus. A father must leave children 
lead children to Jesus. A Christian father must lead the kids to what? Jesus. You must be the foundation or the driving force of the kind of faith your children assume over time. Most, I mean, recently I was dealing with a case in my office. An uncle was sitting in, an uncle of the lady sitting in with a husband and wife. And the uncle says something that I sharply disagreed with him. Good uncle. The, the, the daughter was wrong to some extent. And the guy too was wrong, but he, he was not there to defend the daughter. I mean, like a very biased person, very balanced person. Then he said that, but the lady should bring the children to church because he, he doesn't go to church often, but he will make sure that the wife will take the children to church. That it is the duty of the wife to take the children to church. Then all my madness came. I said, sir, you are wrong. You are very, very wrong. A father must take the children to Jesus. The man took the kid to Christ. Jairus took the sick child to Christ. He said, I'm a man under authority. I can send this one go and they will go. But I have brought the issue of my child to you. Them to church. A father must point a child to God. Oh. You must be the priest of your home. Praise the Lord. You must teach your children that Jesus is our savior. Muhammad is not our savior. Buddha is not our savior. Are you, are you please? Are you here? Yo, a father, don't be coming to church and leaving your children somewhere. You must bring Jesus to your children. What you play in your house, it must be Jesus-centered. The music they play on the television that you enjoy must be Jesus-centered. You are bringing Jesus to them. Teachers cannot give Jesus to your children. It's not the job of Sunday school teachers to make your children know Christ. It's your job. <laughs> there are little drops of scriptures. Miss Manana. Miss what? Miss Manana. It's like banana. Little drops of scriptures that kids can memorize every week. How much is it? 50 cities. For the whole year, Abby. You should have it. Every one of them should have it. Memorize it. One week, they are memorizing one, one verse. For the whole year, your children should have scriptures in their head. You can't be buying toys, guns for children. You are not buying this thing for them. Showing them cartoons and you are not showing them Christ. You are going to raise something else. Oh. Hello. This man took the sick child to Jesus. And uh, Jesus healed the child. Part of your sacrifice is to teach your children that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Is to teach your children how to pray, how to read the scriptures. Like, be the priest of your house. Praise the Lord. Be what? 
And of course, you can't be the priest of your house if you are beating your wife, if you are screaming on your wife, if, if you are quarreling all the time. Are you here at all? If, there's pinte, pinte, if you are bringing other women to the house and telling your children that these are aunties, every time they have a different auntie, You can't give Christ and devil at the same time. You must be giving one. He just took the child. I don't know. Is it a good Father's Day message? We need a series on this one. So he just brought a child. And Jesus started questioning the man. How long? He said, it's been there since. And I've been fighting this. Fathers, the next point, must not be ashamed to associate with their children when things are not going well. It should be part of your satisfaction and pride that having a deaf and dumb epileptic child like that, you can say to yourself in all boldness that I have done everything that I can for this child. I'm telling you, if people here, there are people here, if they give birth to a child and the child had a certain deficiency, it might be the reason why their attitude will change. Their mood will change. Something will happen. There are people in church like that. They believe that I have Christ. Everything should be perfect. Sometimes you can have perfection in a wrong container. The container is misbehaving, but there's perfection there. Some have got autistic children. Some have got children who never walk. Some will have speech impairment. And you don't hide them in the room. You should bring them out. The man brought the child out. Come out and associate with them. Some people will never attend the beauty of a child who is not co coherent. You only want to appear when he's taking all the prizes. That is my child. No, it's not your child because the child is good. You are a father to a child whether they are good or they are bad. And you must associate you must show up with the children. In public, you must show up with them. It's part of their development. Show up. The child is foaming on the ground. The father is on ground. It's deaf and dumb. Father is there. Fully. Hey. You, you have to associate with your children. It's part of the sacrifice. When your child it's growing and some things are coming up. Associate so you can turn it around. The turn around of this child's life came because the father associated with this child in public and went to the extent of meeting Jesus for the turn around. Brethren, we have a duty to raise people, whether you are a man or you are a woman. Fathering is functionality. And you need to associate with people. That's why you see me I'm, as a pastor here. No matter what you bring, 
I'm here on ground. I won't say you are not my church member again. Recently, I preached a message here. One guy walked to me. He said, Pastor, by this message, it means you need to help me. I'm a gay. I said, give me five. Hey, my friend, give me five. I said, let's start working on it. First of all, deliverance, boom, like that. I started working with him. It doesn't matter. Some come, I'm a lesbian. Your child has come. You have to work on it. Because the father has life that he can give to the child. Jesus said, my father has life, and that life is what he's giving me. Praise the Lord. Someone will go and have an extra fornicator, extramarital affair, and comes. Do we cast them away? No. Because the father has life to give. Praise the Lord. People are made, you are not a father because everything is right. <laughs> you have to. You have to. One of the things that will make a child hurt. It's what Jesus shows us. That's why fathers sometimes are in bad books. <laughs> Jesus said, when you are before the governors and you are in trouble, what you will say will be given to you by the spirit of your father. So when children are in trouble, they expect their fathers to be with them. On the cross, when Jesus was, you know, Overwhelmed with darkness, he shouted, My mother, my mother. When children are in trouble and they need rescue, the, the thing that innately shouts out of them is, My mother, my mother. Anytime they are in trouble and they need rescue, they are confused, they are at fear. And they need some kind of rescue. What do they shout? What do they shout? My father, my father. Why hast thou forsaken? But they expect their fathers to come and rescue them. And not being there to the rescue. is an eternal pain that now begins to introduce bitterness. Emptiness, ruggedness, anger, foolishness, and all of that. They die and they don't want to rise again. But Jesus knew that he was going into the grave. The father will be there to bring him up. When you see people crying, Charlie, you, you can't even give, advise them or counsel them. The thing is, is deep. It's, it's like it has become them. Because they have felt very vulnerable all the time that they need a father to rescue them. Some people's academics are not going anywhere because a father never did a homework with them. That's why they can't get over maths. Why don't you rescue your children? Please be there to rescue your children. Homework is not the duty of mothers. <laughs> It's parental duty. Praise the Lord. When children are in darkness, 
There's something inside them crying, my father, my father. When they are at fear, something inside them is crying, my father, my father. When they, when they are crucified, when the crowd is shouting, like they shouted at Jesus, they are looking for the... The mother is there, he's not talking to the mother. He's crying, where is my father? Why, why would you be, why will you not be there? You hear a child crying, daddy, daddy, and some are crying without verbalizing it. Imagine your child trapped and you are never there. Just imagine one of your children trapped and you are never there. Children want their fathers to be there. If you are a mother and you are playing the role of a father, you have to be there to rescue them from their attitudes. If you are a man, and you are a father figure in the child's life, you have to be there. You have to what? These are sacrifices. You have to go through the fire. You have to what? God the Father, he said, if you go through the water, I will be there. In the fire, I will be there. He said, I will be your present help. When? Talk to me, when? In times of need, I will be present to help you. In time of need. So, when children don't find the, the help that fathers only can bring. In times of need. Something dies. And they themselves will not be there. So, you see that a cycle begins to what? Form. And it will be perpetuated and it will become a continuity. And that's where we are right now. And I'm praying that a new generation of fathers will rise. Amen. That amen should be louder in Jesus' name. Amen. And sometimes when you are not ready to father a child, God doesn't give you one. Boy, oh boy. <laughs> Bye. There are guys here they have ideas about some things they are going to do for their children, but they are not ready to do what the word of God is saying this morning. They think my wife should take the children to school. My blah, blah. Change your mind. Do what? Change your mind. It's the kind of spirit and emotions you are pumping into the child more than any physical thing you are giving to the child. Jesus said, my father is the perfect father. A child's perfect picture is revealed in the father. If you are a father who frowns, get ready for frowning children. Memuna father. Please, let's rise. <laughs> you have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keeper's House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244 177 
916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.